Hey everybody, Captain Andy Comics is right about to start, but there's a lot of great podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including this one. I'm Keith Conrad. And I'm Misty Callahan. On Geek Counter Geek, we'll tackle the tough questions that keep you up at night. Like, who is the better captain? Kirk? Picard or Crunch. Plus, you'll get to chart our progress as I try to write the great American novel. And I try to create a comic book. It's Geek Counter Geek on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. Now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, this is Captain Native Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as mostly always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And our topic has been blown to hell. Yeah. What um, happens? We signed off last week saying Birds of Prey was coming out this weekend, uh, which it is out. And it has an 87 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, com- Compared to other DC movies recently, is that the highest rated? I mean, like Aquaman, I know, got like... And Wonder Woman, I'm, I'm sure, got... Well, Aquaman got like a 70... Um, 87 just seems really high. It's very high. It ends at 100. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's a pretty good grade. So there's, there are only so many. So when I saw that, I was like, I will absolutely go to that. And then we were discussing if we'd have time to do that. And then I got home Friday night and I've been throwing up for about 48 hours. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it literally got to the point, um, got to the point last night where I still was wanted to go and my wife wanted to go with me. And then uh, she's like, well, I'll go to Walgreens and I'll get you some Pepto and Pepsi, Pepsi AC and stuff. And she came back and I went, yeah, I threw up twice while you were gone. And then I thought about watching people on a giant screen and it made me dizzy. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, no, so I ended up, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but people are going crazy. Do you have uh, Rotten Tomatoes up? No, I have a... <laughs> I've got um, ratings uh, for the Marvel movies. Oh, okay. So in comparison... Rotten Tomatoes ratings, yeah. uh, Yes. Uh, Doctor Strange got an 89%. Ant-Man and the Wasp got an 88%. Avengers Infinity War got an 85%. So it's it's around there, I guess. Well, this is what I'll do. I'm going to look up... um... This is most shows go like that. They have a third person and they're like, hey, look that up for us. Yeah, we need an engineer. We need an engineer. I, yeah, I remember when we started this show, uh, they were like, hey, I'm going to. Uh, we had a friend uh, who's been on the show a bunch of times who remained nameless yeah. for the purpose of the story, but he's like, hey, I got a mixing console under my desk and I'm going to bring it over and we'll set all this up. And I'm like, no, I got a garage, man. They're like, he's like, no, it's going to sound terrible. What you got to do is, is this. And then never. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> never. Well, let's put it that Joker has a 68. What? Joker has a. There's a lot of people hate it. What? Uh, Joker has a 68 on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Birds of Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, which it's basically Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. It's not a Birds of Prey. No, movie. I don't know why they didn't just call um, it Harley Quinn. Birds movie. of Prey has an 87. Gail Simone tweeted that she cried. Yeah, that's um it. very interesting. I I it looks terrible. I know it, it looks so bad. It looks like Suicide Squad. It does, and, and I and you still haven't come to grips with the fact that I've only Suicide Squad is not a good movie. But I liked it when I saw it. But you know what? It's uh, we were discussing it this week. I'm like, if it's as good as Shazam, Shazam looked terrible, 
Yeah, and then Shazam sitting didn't in, look great either. And then sitting in the movie, I'm like, this is fantastic. And then I saw it a, a second time, and I'm right. like, no, it's great. Yeah. It's not even like, oh, it surprised me, and now that I know what it is, I can see through it. I mean, to be fair, like, the Tim Burton Batman's kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, of the- like, yeah, I've seen that movie probably 60 times. Right. And yeah, for so the first 10, you got all you're going to get out of yeah, it. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, you can start to see past the sets, and the, the story doesn't make any sense. But uh, Shazam, the second time, I'm like, actually, this is better than I thought. The story yeah. holds together better. Um, watched Joker again yesterday. I showed it to my 12-year-old son because I'm a bad parent. Well, I, uh... He kept begging, and my wife and I had a long discussion about it. Yeah. And we watched it at home, and we paused it, and we took breaks, and uh, he can handle that. Yeah, He's I think really it's just like, uh, you know, Ben's a smart kid. You're, you know, you know what you're doing. It's just like, it's just like, I think it's interesting to have the conversation to like, at what point is it appropriate? You know what I mean? It's well, like, it's case by case. I mean, right. he's one year away from PG-13 in the eyes of the law. Right. But, you know, he was, he watched Lord of the Rings when he was four. Right. And um, he watched Indiana Jones when he was three. When he was in daycare. Before kindergarten, he went to Halloween dressed as Indiana Jones, yeah. and all of the parents and teachers looked at me, right? <laughs> and I'm like, "Yep, he's yep. Indiana Jones. He's Indiana Jones. It's <laughs> a good role model." But uh, he loved the violence. Yeah, most <laughs> every time kids. he killed a guy, Ben would be like, "That's so cool." I'm like, "No, that's not the point <laughs> of the movie." Yeah. And of course, I'm. It was it was interesting seeing it from the perspective of a 12-year-old, yeah. even though it's a rated R movie, because he's not having all these conversations of, what does it mean about society? Is it white right. male rage? Is it uh, is it a throwback? Is it set in the 80s? Because that's when you could get away with this. Um, wh- you know, what does this mean for our right. mental there's, health? There's a lot of layers he's not going to be He's just he's like, oh, he's like, oh, that's why the Joker kills people. Yeah. You know, he's he's also not old enough to go, look, it's Mark Maron. <laughs> right, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting there though. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I uh I went to go watch it. I've got a Voodoo subscription or whatever you mm-hmm. call it and it, it showed up and I was like, "Oh, okay, like I'll watch this again." And I went to start it and I just kind of hovered over the mouse and I'm like, "Nah." I had the same re- I can't like I didn't I don't really want to revisit it, you know. I had the same reaction. Um I will say the second time is not as intense cuz you know where it's going. Right. A lot of it is anticipation where yes. you're just like, "Oh god, what's going to happen to this person?" Movie. What's going to happen? Yeah, and then once that's revealed, you're like, okay, this is the part where this is going to happen. Right. And you can relax a little bit. But it was it was on sale, as I said, on iTunes. And I'm like, I have every Batman movie. I mean, I have Batman and Robin. I have Batman versus Superman. I have a lot of those DC animated movies that aren't any good. Yeah. And it was like, honestly, I was working from home that day. And I was like, I think I'd want to have the audio commentary on. So I I got it for the extras. Yeah. But Did I wouldn't. Did you listen to the audio commentary? I started to. Um, I didn't get that far into it. Is uh, it just the director? Yeah, it's just the director. And I, I kind of want, watching the extras, I'm like, I think he said all he has to say. So I was kind of hoping it would be more of a group setting. Like, like I love those like round table panel ones. Yeah. Even the ones that are edited together. Sure. Where it's like, I, I'd like to hear Joaquin Phoenix talk about it a little bit. I'd like to hear the screenwriter. I'd like to hear the production designer. Like, right. How did you make it look like? Yeah, I think that's something New York I in 1981. Really but liked is how much it looked. It looked so real, but yeah, it's it really clearly did. a city that doesn't exist anymore. I I belong to this Facebook group called like um, I think it's called like uh, New York City Railroads and Trains, and then another one called uh, NYC before 1990. 
and they show all these pictures of New York like when I was a kid, yeah, which I loved. And sometimes they show stuff from like 1910 and 1920, yeah, that's crazy. which is really cool when you see like you see like an intersection and there's like one building there that's still there, right? Um, but a lot of the pictures they show from the 70s and 80s, I'm like, yeah, Joker nailed that. That's exactly what I remember. If you go back to really old Sesame Streets. <laughs> Oh yeah! Like watch watch a Sesame Street from the seventies. You will notice how dirty the set is. Right, and it's not because they didn't have a budget. Right, it's they because it like, they wanted like it to look real. Like. Yeah, let's make it look like a city street. Yeah, instead of like a Mister Rogers neighborhood, which is a fictional place. You know, uh, you know, Mister Rogers neighborhood is this fictional, pick pic- perfect small town. Right, uh, and where Sesame Street was like, let's reflect what kids really experience what really have to deal with and show the positivity of that and now when you watch it you know sesame street's all clean and shiny um and our good friend greg wolf is uh hammering and nailing yeah, things up that's great he just posted a picture that he like brought his family with oscar the grouch if um uh by the way if you want to follow him i believe his instagram is uh, at no don't stop He's a good friend of ours from uh, Howard Beach. Uh, sweet guy, a lot of fun. He's not like a he's not like a social media personality, but he's a carpenter on Sesame Street. Yeah. So every couple of months, it's just him and Muppets. Yeah, it's cool. It's a uh, that's an awesome job. Yeah, yeah. It's Do you really follow cool. him? Uh, I don't know. You should follow him. I gotta find you. Him. You I'm actually know at him. Finding people on mm. Instagram. Um, I'm terrible at Instagram. I'm yeah, me too. Stunned <laughs> like. Um, uh, Beer Babe Jess, who was on just a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. By the way, we still we are still getting compliments from that because yeah. people who listen follow her do not listen to us regularly. So that was uh, it was great to have her here. It was a really good episode, but she posted like twenty four times yesterday. Yeah, she's a pro because I get yeah. uh I follow her on Instagram now, so obviously she's in the feed. But then on the stories that go through, and it's just like I think she posts more than most other people. Well, Instagram is all stories these days. People really aren't posting to their right. feed anymore. They're just doing stories, and so she had an an event at a microbrew yesterday, and I swear it was like thirty six stories yeah. in one day. And you know that's definitely working. It's getting attention. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know how to do that. Like what I know how to do is go to our Facebook page and go, "Hey, there's a trailer for Picard." Right. Yeah. Let's <laughs> all watch that. And then I get that uh, retweeted to me. I got that today. Um, well, before we move on to other topics, which is something I never say. <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened. Um, I, uh, I, I actually apologize for not getting to Birds of Prey. It's doing so well. Like I said, it's being reviewed better than Joker. Yeah. Um, I'm used to Margot Robbie as Harley. It bothered me in Suicide Squad. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, this is the road we're going down. We'll go down that road. She's a decent actress. Yeah, I like her in... Uh... I've only seen her a couple of things. She's in like Wolf of Wall Street. She's in Wolf of Wall Street. Squad, and then there was something else. She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, so I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you have to see that. I, uh, yeah, I really want to because... Um, well, the Oscars are tonight. tonight, which, yeah. which is another thing we can't talk about. So right. we can't talk about Bird's Prey because we didn't go. We can't talk about the Oscars because they haven't happened right. until tonight. But I, I haven't seen that much that's been nominated. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is probably my favorite movie that's been nominated yeah. this year. Um which of course takes things out of the running, like Avengers Endgame, um, uh, which was like nominated for special effects. Yeah, I, but the I, movies that are taken seriously, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is way better than Joker. Jojo Rabbit is almost as good. Jojo Rabbit's really, really, really good. Yeah, I just saw. That's how behind we are. I just saw Jojo Rabbit yesterday. 
Um, I it, because I think it, because it's nominated, it's back in theaters for you know limited uh, run or whatever. Go? Yeah, we went to the. I uh, thought it was on DVD by now. I didn't even realize. Uh, it that. might be, but I, uh, me and uh, Craig and his girlfriend Lydia went to go see it, uh, and her sister at whatever that theater is. That's like on top of a parking garage in Oak Brook, maybe. Uh, the the one in the mall. Yeah. But oh yeah. It's like, we were gonna go see Birds of Prey there last night. Oh yeah, we, we were there. It's in one the of those. Afternoon. It's one of those AMC's where they've just poured a lot of money in, and they yeah. got the big plush seats, There's and they a have, a, a, yeah, they have bars, and they have IMAXs all yeah. over. We were right about to see uh, Birds of Prey and IMAX there last night. Well, yeah. we could run into each other, Might have. and then I would have thrown up on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I so I hadn't seen it. I really wanted to. This is like any time a guy makes like a big movie. And then it's like I always am interested to see what movie they're gonna make next. Yeah, my, it's uh, like they're uh, they've got clout or whatever now. My friend Trapton Crandall, uh, who's a stand-up comedian with me, and now he self-publishes his own novel. So uh, look for Trapton Crandall, which, by the way, is how you spell it. That's an uh, awesome name too. Yeah, he's been on the show yeah. uh, before, but he was a stand-up comedian when I was, and uh, he sublet at an apartment. He used to call that the bank, and he would say when uh, when somebody makes a big hit movie. They deposit they deposit that equity in the bank, and when yeah. they want to withdraw the bank, they make the movie they really want to make. Right, and I think that's what you know. Ragnarok came out was this huge hit. Yeah, Taika Waititi wasn't like a big director before that. He had done a lot of stuff that people liked. No, well, he had yeah, he's probably best known for doing Flight of the Conquerors and creating uh, What We Do in the Shadows. He yeah. had done What We Do in the Shadows before Thor Ragnarok, which I remember reading. An people interview. know now because the FX show is really good, but right, but it and, was. But I think that of, FX show probably only got made because of Ragnarok, though. You know what I mean? Probably. I mean, the movie was a cult movie. It was, yes, it was. I think it still might be on Amazon Prime, but it, it was something I heard about, and I was like, oh, it's the guy. From, yeah, you told me about it. Yeah, well, there you go. It was well. I was, I was like, oh, it's Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. With it's directed by the guy who directed a bunch of episodes of Flight of the Concords. Okay, it's going to be like that, but horror, right? And then it got really good reviews, and so I was like, oh, I'll watch it. And then uh, it's one of the best horror comedies in the world. I'll, I'll put it up right next to Evil Dead Two as one of the greatest horror comedies. Yeah, ever it's made. great. I I can't remember who it was. it was. I was either listening to or reading an interview with one of the Marvel producers. It might have been Kevin Feige who had said that that was the movie uh, they watched and, you know, somebody in the Marvel, uh, you know, uh, studios watched that movie and was like, all right, let's get this guy to do, see what he wants to do. And they brought him in and he wanted to do the next yeah, door so, or whatever. I mean, Kevin Feige is incredibly smart. Um, yeah. But, uh, but that was perfect that they put him on Thor Ragnarok because they were like, hey, which of our franchises is is – hurting the most right which one's not working and yeah I and think, it's like you know it, it's not that thor was losing money and they were gonna stop making thors no but it was the it's the weakest yeah. out of the uh the like standalone movies you and know? It, well it's hard to wrap your head around because it's about gods and it's about and originally when they announced it i was like oh that makes a lot of sense because they'll make it like lord of the rings like they'll do the right. simons and stuff and it'll it'll be lord of the rings all in asgard and then um Kenneth Branagh did not make that movie, and honestly, the humor in that movie is what still works. The Asgard stuff kind of leaves you cold, and yeah. then the second movie is just a mess. Yeah, it's and it's like, uh, and what's awesome is that they did so well that that'll be the first one we're going to get four of them. Yeah, well, but, after Avengers, you know what I mean? Right. But, it's the first. It, it is going to be yes. Uh, outside of Avengers, it's the first movie that's getting four because yeah. we're not getting Iron Man four or Captain America four because they both of them have left. Yeah. And those were the other ones that were up to three. Yeah. Um, and I think what's nice is like, uh, it's this is kind of like um, 
it, uh, it, it's going to have typically what happens, and this happened with like Black Panther. It happened with um, Captain Marvel. I think it happened with Thor Ragnarok, where they did a lot better than the studio expected them to do. But when they were making them, the budget wasn't. They're expensive movies for sure, but it's like the next movie is going to have a much bigger budget than the last movie. Well, if you go back, you go back. Those original movies look great, but it's pretty clear when you watch Iron Man. You're like, yeah, this is a mid-budget movie, right? Not not that it's lacking in anything. Not that it's like, oh, that CG looks fake, but it's a smaller story, right? Um, you know, it's only Iron Man flying around and then fighting Ironmonger, and that's all. That's it. That's it. Uh. But you put it up against the other big movies of that year, which were Dark Knight and Indiana Jones and the King of the Crystal Skull. Whatever you think of that, it was one of the big movies that year. Yeah. Uh, they made a fourth one. That made me happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and It this, cost a lot of money to yes, do it. <laughs> I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I literally have uh, – Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite movie ever made since the time I saw it. I was uh, nine years old when that movie came out. And it's always been my favorite movie. And every time I love a movie, I go, do I like as much Raiders of Lost Ark? And I don't. Yeah. And I feel really good about that because Raiders of Lost Ark is on the AFI's 100 Greatest Movies Ever Made list. Yeah. So I don't I don't have the problem. Say you have. No, no. Defending Independence Day and Godzilla <laughs> and The Phantom <laughs> and The Shadow. Never ever once have I said any of those movies is as good as Raiders of Lost Ark. Yeah, but everything in the mid-90s. I'm surprised we don't argue about Batman Forever because that falls in that period when you like every single movie yeah i really don't like tommy lee jones even as a kid i was like mm. <laughs> i love tommy lee jones but he's not good enough. no he's not he's i i forget going back to marvel every time you watch captain america uh the first avenger the first oh one, yeah I every time he shows, he's in it i know and then i'm like oh but he's, he's so my good. favorite thing in yeah it. That, look at him he's making me sad <laughs> those are the the two best things about that movie when you go back are um or Tommy Lee Jones in it, and then uh, seeing Haley Atwell, which we're now, oh, what is it, nine years after that movie, and I still can't get over her. I'm, uh, I'm not used to. I'm not used to looking at her yet. I like uh, Stanley Tucci a lot too. <laughs> Stanley Tucci's good. Yeah, he's real good in that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, going back to Jojo Rabbit, uh, Taika had for so long that in fact Chris Hemsworth gave Scarlett Johansson the script. On the set of Avengers Infinity War. Oh. And he said, hey, the guy who did Ragnarok, I love this guy. He's got this movie he wants to make and they weren't, wanted to talk to you about it. And she's like, yeah, was he, was he good? And Hemsworth's like, he's amazing. You want to work with him. Yeah. So Mar- awesome. Marvel is responsible in a variety of ways. Yeah. And I'm watching and speaking of Scarlett Johansson, as you showed up, because you showed up late. By being hungover. Yes. Um, that's another reason. Which this is fine is because I was still wondering if I was going to throw up yeah. <laughs> while I was waiting for you to arrive. Um, I put on Marriage Story, which honestly I've been afraid to watch Marriage, Marriage Story because I think it might have a lot of good ideas in it. <laughs> and I, have a, I have this fear. I'm, it's irrational, but I have this fear I'll get into about an hour and 15 and I'll be like, you know what? I'm selling the house. Yeah. And I'm moving to LA. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but I put that on and, uh, Scarlett Johansson is nominated tonight for both Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Which I think she's amazing in. I, and she's really, she's really good in this. Yeah. But I'm only about halfway through. And honestly, I think Laura Dern is better than this than Scarlett Johansson is. I, uh, was not, I guess it's like surprise is like offensive or something, but I was surprised how good she was in Jojo Rabbit. It's like, she's it's, really good in that she's movie. She's really good. I mean, she's always been really good. She's not somebody that, like, 
She's not somebody that I was like, oh, well, she's in this because she's pretty. Like, I never thought that. Even going back to like Ghost World and Lost in Translation, I was like, no, this this person's really, really good. Yeah. Um, but Georgia Rabbit, that her character is so different than anything oh, yeah. she's done before. I mean, she's like a German single mom. Uh, but it, yeah, that movie is phenomenal. So so far. I'm enjoying Marriage Story, but I don't think anything touches Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I don't know that it'll win. I don't know what will win. And there's always there's always five or six movies every year. We talk about this every year. Right. There's always five or six movies where I'm like, didn't see it, didn't see it, didn't see it, because they're genres that I don't feel like I need to go to the theater for. Right. There, you know, there's always a period piece and there's always some kind of drama. Like Marriage Story, I wouldn't go to it, but here it is on Netflix. Right. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is like if I'm going to go to a theater, it's like ex- expensive to do so. So it's like I'd rather go see a movie uh, that's funny or a big action like spectacle. I don't really want to go see like a drama. Yeah, for me it's you know, more... Maybe that I'm uncultured or whatever. But well, it's for like... me, more, it's more a matter of time. It's like how... I, that's going to block off my whole afternoon or my whole evening to go to this place, see this movie, and come back. Uh, so I end up seeing things that I don't want spoiled. And I and honestly, this podcast gets me to the movie theater more than anything else because there's yeah. so many conversations we have where we go, literally this week, we're like, well, Birds of Prey is out this weekend, so should we, we should probably go to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, it used to be uh, – I used to have to get to see all these movies because um, the, I'd get them spoiled at the store. You know, and right, now people I don't coming have that in, concern, yeah. but yeah, then the show is like kind of like if we don't cover it, it's like, well, here's what's nominated know. for best picture. Uh, 1917. Did you see I it? Was, no, uh, it looked fascinating. It looks like something you'd see in the big screen. Yeah. Period. War drama. I'm not going to see it. Apparently the entire movie, it's directed by Sam Mendes, who did Skyfall, yeah. which I, I adored. Um, but it's supposed to be all one shot. The yeah, whole I movie is one shot. It. You saw uh, it? Yeah. Okay, what you think? Maybe like two, three weeks ago. It is incredible. Yeah. And uh, it it's shot to look like it's all one shot, like all those movies are. Yeah, um, I'm sure, sure it's full of hidden cuts. Oh, yeah. And, well, and that's I part mean, of Bird, the- I mean, like Birdman. Birdman's full of yes. hidden cuts. <clears throat> but it's a lot like, uh, I would have preferred not to know it was one shot or shot to look like one shot going into the movie because I spent the first 20 minutes of the movie being like, oh, there's a cut. There's a cut. Oh, yeah. There's a cut. And it's like, if had I not known that, I I didn't know Birdman when I saw it was one shot. Mm-hmm. And I got out of the movie, and I'm like, oh, that movie really felt like a play. And uh, then it wasn't until I think we talked on the podcast, you were like, oh, no, it was all made to look like it was one shot. I'm like, oh. But then I knew that going into 1917, and apparently this is all Sam Mendes has been doing since... They finished Spectre. Skyfall. Well, actually, he, he did Spectre, which the last Bond we movie. don't like. Yeah, it wasn't great. And the Spectre opens with a one shot. Yeah, and that's he's and that's probably through. the best part of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, 1917. I did want to see in theaters because it's this big movie and it's uh, it's a, a, an interesting concept. And there's um, well, it's like Dunkirk. I've been meaning to see yeah, Dunkirk for what, what was it two three years ago? Probably. Two, I'm three like, years oh, ago. I like Christopher Nolan. This would be good to see on a big screen. The interesting thing about 1917, I saw the trailer probably four or five times in the theater. Yeah. Full of cuts. Like, they don't make any notice of the fact that this is supposed to be seamless. Oh, they're, right. They're like, Sam Mendes made a World War One movie. Here's a bunch of stuff that, that you're going to see in it. Yeah. And then I, at one point, I was in the theater, and I leaned over to my wife, and I was like, oh, yeah, they said this movie's going to be one shot. And she was like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, well, and that's what was – there's actually uh, – I always say this. I'm going to post it on our Facebook page after I find it on YouTube. 
I watched an 11 minute uh, kind of like a quick documentary about it that talked about that, you know, the technical achievement of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of this movie takes place outdoors. Do you know right. what I mean? It's like it's it, it might all be outdoors. So it's like these massive, massive sets right. of country. You know what I mean? And um, and they're real, right? They're not. I mean, oh, yeah. They're you, like they built. You can uh, like fake a, a lot of outdoors now with with green screen. No, I, I mean, this didn't look like there was m- much. I'm sure there's some green screen. But when I watched Joker, uh, it was a very tense movie because you're kind of just waiting for this guy to snap. Now, I was going to read down the list of nominated films. Joker is nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. So. Well, so I remember just being really tense. And then, you know, he goes nuts and you're like, OK, well, there it is. And it's good to know that that. Tension doesn't stay for the next viewing of it. But 1917 was worse the whole time because the movie just it starts like right away. It's these two guys and they're like, you have a mission. You got to get over here. People are going to die. And they just go. And so the whole time they're moving and you're along with them pretty much because of the way it's filmed. And you're just kind of like white knuckling your armchairs because it's so... See, like, and those intense. are the movies. Those are the movies I have a hard time getting to because it's like I already have anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Do it's I need a, to pay it's for not a good, more uh, anxiety? Right. Um, I would definitely highly had, recommend it. Yeah, I, I, I have had moments. I remember years ago watching Black Hawk Down with a friend of mine when it got really, really tense. Yeah, and I just jumped up in the living room and went, "This is why I hate people." <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's there's a ramping which. Uh, Explains why I haven't seen Parasite. Parasite is nominated. Oh, yeah. And people, um, talking to a couple of people at work, they're raving about it. And I like I like horror movies when they kind of get under my skin and make me feel creepy. Yeah. If they make me feel tense, I do like them. Yeah. Um, like, if they make me jump, I'm mad. I yeah, hate I think jump jumps scares. are cheap. Like, I liked Us a lot. I, I think Get Out was the best horror movie I've seen in the last five years. But I haven't seen Midsummer. I haven't seen Hereditary. I haven't seen Parasite. Just because people talk about it, I'm like, Ugh. like Yeah. When they describe it, they're like, oh, that movie. And I'm like, why would it? Why would, why I? would I do that? Yeah. yeah. There's. I think it's like uh, it's a certain type of person likes to go see like horror movies. And that's like, you know, a genre that they love. And I'm not one of those people. <laughs> you know, it's like right. life is horrifying enough without well, my fiction terrifying me. Yeah. And speaking of movies that we probably wouldn't see, Little Women is nominated it's like a remake good for that well it's a remake because it's a classic novel oh, but it, right but it's, it's been uh... made a bunch of times already but they say it's great good for you moving on yeah uh, so like i said i'm watching marriage story now i'll probably finish it i don't uh, it's no bomb back it's very no bomb back where it's just like let's just live with these people for a while and they're yeah. fucked up um then there's ford versus ferrari i don't even know why we're talking about that it's like matt damon and christian bale build a car yeah all right yeah, I, 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 there's nothing in that that makes me go. I need to be in a building where that is showing. Yeah, it's again. I, I'd like to see it. It looked good, but I don't. I'm not going to go to a theater to see it. Well, that's and that's the thing about the Oscars. Um, we co- I know we cover the Oscars every year, um, yeah. and we usually do this kind of predicted thing. But what happens is, I think the problem uh, as a fan that you have with the Oscars is. I always think of the Oscars like the American Film Institute's 100 Greatest Movies. Uh, whatever wins the best picture, well, that gets put in the vault. Right. Of like, this is this is one of the classics. This uh, exemplifies our era. But to be fair, when you go back, uh, there's a lot of great articles that go, 
this was what win, won Best Picture. This is the movie we still watch from that year. Right. Like, hey, Pulp Fiction didn't win Best Picture. Right. And but, it was some movie, like, you know, that you, no one's ever But there's seen a lot again. of forgettable movies yeah. that end up winning. So it's like, okay, how important? Well, I think it's frustrating. and It's the idiots running it. Uh, it's political, first of all, you know. Uh, well, it's to, business, number one. Right. It's, it's, uh, it helps people's careers immeasurably. Yeah. If you win an award, I mean, every industry is like this. I have one award, um, for advertising on my shelf from nine years ago. Yeah. But I got this award and it's still on my resume. Yeah. Because if you win an award, you're now an award winning guy. Yeah. And I, and get that's, it. that's, that's really what the Oscars are. But uh, in terms of, like, have you made a masterpiece, sometimes the movie doesn't get nominated. Um, like, and sometimes things are nominated just for past glories. Like, uh, The Irishman is nominated. I do not think The Irishman is one of Scorsese's best movies. Right. There are moments in it that I really enjoy because they remind me of Scorsese's best movies. There are moments in The Irishman where I go, oh, yeah, this is like Goodfellas. This is like Mean Streets. And I'm like, yeah, I like those movies more than I like Yeah, so this. just go watch those movies. Yeah, it's like know? The Irishman has a kind of reunion special feeling to it. It's like, oh, look, he got Joe Pesci and De Niro back together right, again. it's like greatest oh, hits. And this time Al Pacino's in it. And it's worth watching. I wouldn't even. It seems just, too long. Well, I wouldn't even watch it in one sitting. Yeah. I would, you know, pause it two hours, come back, pretend it's like a six-hour episode. Six episode series, um, which is actually what Tarantino did with Hateful Eight on Netflix. He turned it into six episodes, um, which I haven't seen. I've only seen the movie once, and I liked it, but I don't know that I want six more hours of it. Right. And then I believe the final movie, the only movie we haven't talked about, is uh, Would Be My Pick, which is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I adore. I've seen it three times now. Oh, wow. And I'm a Big Tarantino fan, number one, because I'm a Gen Xer, and that's, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's on your card, you know? <laughs> yes. If you were in college when Reservoir Dogs came out yeah, on tape. You're watching and this then forever. You, and then you were still in college when you went to see Pulp Fiction in the theater, which, by the way, came out the same year as Ed Wood. Yeah. Uh, you're you're kind of locked in. And yeah. uh, I love Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I have liked every one of his movies, and now I judge them by how many times I've seen them. Mm -hmm. Because I realized that I've probably seen Pulp Fiction 20 times. I've probably seen Reservoir Dogs like 18 times. Um, but I've seen Hateful Eight, Inglorious Bastards, and Django Unchained once. Yeah, but those, uh, well, at least I saw Django Unchained, and I saw Inglorious Bastards. And what was the other one you said? Um, Hateful Eight. Yes, I don't know if I saw that one. That's on Netflix now. Um, but it's like, I don't know that I want to see uh, Jane going chained again, and I don't know that I want to see Inglourious right. Bastards again. It's like, they're very graphic, and which, well, very violent movies. Yeah, Tarantino's also very graphic. Yeah, I mean, most uh, of his stuff is, but sometimes it's like over the top. Like, Kill Bill's very, like, it's a little ridiculous. Well, he gets the, Inglourious, the end of Inglourious Bastards. He gets the K, the K and B guys work on his movies. They did, they did like Evil Dead and Walking Dead. And yeah. Like, he gets horror guys to do his action. He's going over the top. Yeah. But with all the, um, and with each movie I go, there's a new Tarantino movie out, I'll go. There's certain directors, um, it probably locks me in generationally, there's certain directors that I always check out because I love their early movies so, so much. Right. Tarantino's one of them. Scorsese's one of them. Tim Burton's one of them. And I've been burned on Tim Burton probably more than the other two. Yeah, he's a... Uh, uh, <laughs> there's a couple I haven't finished. Yeah. There. Uh, he's one. a weird man. He's a weird man, but when his weirdness works, man... 
Like he needs handlers, I, I think. He needs somebody to kind of rein in his like uh, wilder impulses. You know he, what I mean? He needs a very strong script. Yeah, that he needs to stick to because he he's not going to tell a tight story on his own. But uh, the last one that uh, was it, Miss Pettigrew's school, the one that was just the X Men, <laughs> it was like the school for peculiar children. Oh, it was like the Umbrella Academy, but it was a Tim Burton movie. I didn't even finish it. Yeah, uh, Dark Shadows took me a couple of days, and when I finished it, I was not happy that I had finished it. But I love. I don't think any director has had a streak out of the gate like Tim Burton had between Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands. Batman Returns, Nightmare Before Christmas with Henry Selleck directed, but it's a Tim Burton movie. Uh, and then Ed Wood. Are you like, forgetting Beetlejuice? Yeah, Beetlejuice, yeah. Oh, you did Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is Beetlejuice. the second film, yeah. yes. Uh, that is the best streak I've seen of any director ever. That's like seven movies. Yeah. I mean, you know, even Tarantino, I'm like, Tarantino's got shorts that aren't great. I'm like, eh, is Four Rooms wa- worth watching again? I don't know. Does Kill Bill need to be two movies? No. Harvey Weinstein was mad that he passed on Lord of the Rings. And he was like, well, I'll make one movie into a bunch of movies. Is like, that what happened? Yeah, that's what happened. Kill Bill as one movie would have blown your freaking head off. Yeah. Because every chapter is a different genre. It's really interesting. It's just once you get about to the three and a half hour mark in that story, you're like, can we just wrap this story up? Yeah. I've had enough of this character. Um, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is so, so good. We saw it a little late in the second run theater, but it he's matured as a filmmaker. And you can see that he's interested in the small moments. He was always like, he always had like, you know, the really snappy, sharp dialogue and the interesting characters and then things would explode. And with this, he's just taking his time. And he's... uh you know, he's got two incredible actors and he's got Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt playing to the best of their abilities. And yeah. uh, you fall in love with both of those characters pretty quickly that within 15, 20 minutes, you're just like, eh, I'll just live with these guys. Yeah. And you don't even care where it goes. And um, but looking back, it's pretty well plotted. Like it's it's slow on purpose, but it has a reason to go there. And Margot Robbie's good at it, which, again, is um why I want to see her as Harley again. I'm like, oh, you're telling me she's Harley in a good movie? And the rest of the Birds of Prey is like Rosie Perez's Renee Montoya, Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead, I think is Huntress, um, Black Canary and Batgirl are in it. But yeah, Batgirl's in it? Uh, yeah, Cassandra Cain Batgirl is in it. Yeah. Um, I, think, and this... I think they just say she's Cassandra Cain. I don't think she wears a bat suit. Jared Leto doesn't like show up in this movie, right? No. Apparently the storyline is like this is what happens after she breaks up with Joker. I think Jared Leto is not even in it. But is this – This is a se- – they said it is a sequel to Suicide Squad, but it's much, much better. So I think what – it looks like Margot Robbie's Harley is going to have uh, basically a timeline. Yeah. So Suicide Squad did happen – this is the this is the sequel to that, and then I think it's going to go into James Gunn's Suicide Squad too, because well, she's going to be Harley in that. But his, I thought his movie was a reboot. I think he's just going to. I I think we got to look at these DC movies now, like uh, new creative teams coming onto the book. Oh, well, like okay. I, I was in um, I had a weird thing this week where I'm subscribing to Amazing Spider Man, and they missed an issue. Oh, yeah, we talked about this last week. You were behind, but then you're behind because they missed an issue. Yeah, so I was waiting for 37, and I'm waiting, 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 and then 38 showed up. So then I sent Marvel an email, and I'm like, hey, I never got 37. And to their credit, they responded right away, and they said, this is what we can do. 
um, we can make we can see if we still have a thirty seven in our warehouse, and we will ship you another one. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll let you know if we can find it, or we can just extend your subscription by one issue and basically get another issue for free. So I was like, me, you know what? Give me the issue for free. And then I went to uh, Challengers has a second uh, store in River North, which uh, it's right under the train of like Chicago Avenue in Franklin. Oh, awesome. Which drives me insane because it's literally around the corner from the job I had four years oh, ago. Yeah. And I'd be like, I get up in here every nice. day. But it's two blocks away from my wife's office. Yeah. So now it's this excuse of like, well, I got to go up and get this issue. Uh, I'll take you out to lunch. Right. So I got that, and then they had the three um, James Tiny and Batman issues now that Tom King's done. And I'm like, well, I'm using my card. I got this one issue of Spider-Man. I'll, I'll catch up on that. And then I'm reading, and I'm like, yeah, it's just back to usual. It's like it, there's some threads from Tom King's run, and other things are just dropped completely. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, Batman's kind of just – you just hit the reset button on Batman. And I think that's what – these movies are going to be where it's like it's still Margot Robbie as Harley and we'll keep what we liked from the last movie and we'll ignore anything else that happened. Yeah, and it's like, uh, you know, they're kind of fine in their way, you know, with the DC movies. It's like they've had a lot of missteps and a lot of meandering. But they've (laughs) been on a streak. Yeah, well, that's what's nice is it's like... uh, I mean, Joker is nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Dark Knight wasn't. That was one of the reasons... crazy. That's one of the reasons they expanded the amount of... Films nominated for Best Picture. They used to be five. How many is it now? It's like ten. Oh wow! Some years it's not ten. Some years it's sure. nine. If they can't but find go up ten. To ten, yeah. But it was after that where people why why didn't you nominate Dark Knight? And they were like, oh, we had too many movies, and it's a it's a superhero blockbuster action movie. It's not like a real movie. And people were like, no, it's one of the best movies of this decade. And then they started to expand it, and now Joker is nominated. Yeah, uh, we never had a Marvel movie nominated. Not for Best Picture, and I don't. You know, I don't know that I'd be like. <laughs> A Marvel movie should be nominated. I don't think they've made one that should be nominated. Yeah, yet. I think they could. Yeah, I think they could. I, I, I just think it's like, um, uh, the Dark Knight is very different. Joker's very different than any Marvel movie. Right. And it's just like, and I prefer the Marvel movies. You know what I mean? It's like they're funner. And I think it's like uh, I'd rather have a fun movie than a serious movie like Batman. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I love the Marvel movies more. I have. I, I trust them more. Yeah. Like Marvel says they're putting out some. I, I have very little interest in any of the characters they're going to put out um, in terms of on comic paper. Like, Yeah, you're ev- not going to read a Doctor Strange comic book. No, I'm not going to. Like the, we saw a Super Bowl trailer for uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon and WandaVision. None um, of those are characters I go right. out of my way to buy. I've read... I read West Coast Avengers when I was a kid for a while. I love West Coast Avengers. I read, uh, I like it too. It had Iron Man. It had Iron Man and Hawkeye in it, so that was the one I read. Yeah. Um, and I read Tom King's Vision because I'd become a fan of his on Batman and P- and Mr. Miracle. Do and people were like, oh, this book's really coming good. Out? Adam Strange. Yeah. Do you know when that hits? Because I'm very excited for uh, Mitch Garrods put out a cover this yeah. week. It's on Twitter. So I think it's soon. soon. It's before Batman Catwoman. Batman Catwoman's taking longer. Yeah, I'm fine with that because Clay Mann, I think, is drawing that, and that yeah. man is uh, but people, very talented. But people thought it was going to be the next month after his last Batman because it is continuing that story, right? But they're treating it more like a prestige format. Yeah, and I think that's cool. Yeah, so um, kind of like that uh, Snyder Capullo last night on Earth, which I, I gave up reading it. I, I was fin- like, I didn't finish it. I, was I like, finished it. And I don't know what it was. Yeah, I don't and think I, uh, Capullo or Snyder knew what it was either. No, they're doing something else now. Yeah, but. 
Yeah, I think so. I think DC's kind of being their own thing because when Joker came out, and we were talking about this when Joker came out, there were all these articles like, ooh, what happens when Joaquin Phoenix's Joker meets Robert Pattinson's Batman? I'm like, it's like you idiot. That's not going to happen. That's not how this works. From everything I've heard about Batman, every villain is in it, is in it but Joker and Harley. And I think that's good. You know, it's like uh, there's Batman has a lot of great villains we've never seen. Right. They're just going to redo villains we've already seen. Don't you don't have to give us Joker and Harley Quinn this close to having a Joker movie that did really well but right. can't really be anything else. And Harley Quinn, who's doing her own thing with a Joker that was the worst Joker we've ever had. Right. Yeah, I I don't need the Joker that fast. It's like what Spider Man's doing. Like since uh Tom Holland has taken over Spider Man, there's been no hint of a Green Goblin and fine. Yeah. I, I had I, too many. I wouldn't be opposed to them doing the Goblin, but it's just like I'm very happy with the uh, selection of villains that they they have been giving us because it's it's different. Yeah, you well, know, we all... didn't have Vulture before, so here here here's a cool guy playing the Vulture. It's like you yep. know what I mean. It's like Mysterio. We've never had Mysterio. He was awesome. Yep. You know. So oh, yeah, and we we're I'm a shocker. The shocker. <laughs> you when, know? We, when we got Venom, he was Tom Hardy in his own movie. Which yeah, is weird. and now we're getting Morbius. We're getting Jared Leto, who is the worst Joker, as Morbius. Yeah, which is which is interesting. And now we're getting a Craven movie. What? Yeah, that's that was announced. Is that Craven? There were a lot of rumors that Craven was going to be the villain in the third Tom uh, Holland. Tom Holland, but now it sounds like Craven's going to be his own movie, like Morbius and Venom. Do you? Is it because like Venom did so well for Sony, they're just like, we'll just do villains now? Yeah, well, the thing with... And is, then like Joker's getting nominated. Right, well, the thing with Sony is so- Sony's had such a hard time uh, doing Spider-Man on their own. You know, they announced that they weren't going to work with Marvel for the third Spider-Man movie. Fucking People morons. went nuts. Tom Holland got drunk and called them. Yeah, <laughs> that's adorable. A- a- actually, uh. I've heard it's the other way around, was he called them and they called him back and he was drunk. Oh, even better. <laughs> um. So, but apparently this movie is going to be the last, so it'll be a trilogy. But then Tom Holland is supposed to continue being Spider-Man in these other movies. And then the real thing that threw everybody for a loop was in the Morbius trailer. Michael Keaton is in the Morbius trailer. Yeah. So, so Sony's trying to have it, which I think makes a lot of sense, is, um, is Spy- it's like the Spider-Man books are over here. And Spider-Man's in the Marvel Universe. Right. But we're not going to cross over in the Marvel Universe. And that's the way the books are. You know, the you know Spider-Man doesn't cross over into Avengers very often. But we know every month that they're still in the same place. Yeah. And if they can handle it like that, that's great. And honestly, um, it's all about hiring the right talent because Sony did make Spider-Verse without Marvel. And that gives me a lot of hope. Venom was a crazy 90s mess. Um, the two Andrew Garfield movies were terrible, but other than that, I'm like, if Sony wants to make as many Spider-Man movies as they can, it's the only character they have for Marvel, uh, and it's a solo character, but he does have a really cool supporting cast. So if, like Birds of Prey, if Morbius is good, I'm going to go see it. You know, uh, if it's not terrible, I'm going to go see it. I mean, we saw Venom, so it's like, how much yeah. worse could it possibly be? And Venom's not... The worst thing I've ever seen. It's dumb and crazy. It was like Venom and Aquaman are both dumb and crazy. Oh, I they would both did really Aquaman well. Leagues ahead of Venom. No, I put them neck and neck. Oh no, that's that's <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, no, they're both nuts. <laughs> so, and they are making a second Venom. Uh, yeah, they're making a second Venom. I believe they're making a second Aquaman. But is Tom Holland going to be in the next Venom movie? 
so from what I heard, Sony really wants that to happen. Um, now whether or not they can clear that with Marvel, I really thought Tom Holland was going to be in like a post credit scene in Venom, and instead we got. Woody Harrelson and Ronald McDonald going, <laughs> yeah, he hey, everybody, I'm Carnage. Yeah, you want to see some Carnage? I don't want to see Carnage is 58 years old. <laughs> I like Woody Harrelson. And I don't want him to be Carnage. Like, Woody Harrelson does crazy well, but I don't want... Carnage should be younger than Venom. Carnage should not be 20 years old. than Venom. <laughs> He's going to be a grandpa. <laughs> grandpa <laughs> Carnage. <laughs> I, yeah. I kind of want to watch Venom again. Yeah, well, it's you so we- It's so weird. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, if they, if they, if I feel like both Marvel and DC and the different studios that produce them have shown me that if you can make a movie solidly, I don't care who it's about. Um, they got Sam Raimi back to do Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. That is nuts. So did we talk about what happened with Doctor Strange 2? The original director, Scott Peterson, who directed Doctor Strange 1, yeah. walked off. Yeah. And so I heard, we don't have all the details, but it, what have you so, heard? Well, I heard is that, like, first that the Disney Plus or streaming app or whatever it's called was kind of rushed out. There's no, there wasn't a lot of new material on it. Well, there's no Marvel yet. I mean, The Mandalorian is really the one big right. thing Right, and I got. think what happened was Apple was coming out with their streaming app. Disney mm-hmm. just couldn't wait. So as soon as The Mandalorian wrapped and was ready, they put it out. And the, it, it helps that The Mandalorian was great, and now oh, they have yeah. all this attention. Well, the Apple Plus app is weird, because I just um, they just put out Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet, this weekend, which uh, is the perfect uh, Venn diagram of... Uh, my son and my son, because if you haven't heard of Myth of the Quest, it's from the guys who do Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which uh, is a show that I, I, we adore. Yeah. Um, but Mac and Charlie from that have created a sitcom about a uh, video game company. So it's like Silicon Valley mixed with Always games. Sunny, but it's that it's that kind of kind of humor, and it's yeah. got a really good cast. And I think it's only six episodes, and we watched three episodes this week, and we really like it. Uh, and we, but we got Apple Plus for free because he got his own phone. And if you buy any Apple product, they just give you Apple Plus for a year. Yeah, I mean that's a smart move on it's their a, part because yeah. it's like you get it for a year, you use it, and then it's like, oh, this yearly subscription's up. But look at all this new shit coming out. Well, the weird thing about Apple Plus is it's the only streaming platform that has no catalog. There is nothing old in it at all. Like, you can't find reruns of anything. Like, even CBS All Access. And yeah. I I joined CBS, quit CBS, went back to CBS. And Picard is as good as The Mandalorian uh, in its own way. I've just watched the third episode, and I absolutely adore it. It's yeah. gotten me back to rewatching Next Generation for, like, the 15th time. Um, I have all my Diamond Select Next Generation figures oh, yeah, out on the shelf. Oh, yeah, I was wondering were out. Uh, because I've been watching because a lot of, Picard, of it. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, if you have any of the 7-inch Diamond Select Star Trek The Next Generation box, if you flip it over and it says, Welcome to the 24th Century, I wrote that. That's great. Because uh, when I was at Artisan, I still have uh, good friends that are still there, and every now and then... Uh, I'll get a project and I'll do it for free and I'll get toys for free. Yeah. It's nice. That's a nice, yeah. It's like <laughs> you getting paid in toys is probably as happy as you getting an actual paycheck. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's you been know, a little it's awesome. while. Um, it just cuts out the middleman. You know, you don't have to go to a bank. You know, it's just, you get the toys right. directly well, to you. Well, the, for the projects they give me, the amount I would charge them would just buy the toys that they right. would send me. Um, 
but but yeah, but Bacard is phenomenal. But when you go on CBS All Access, you can watch old episodes of Taxi and Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. Right, they have a library. Every Star Trek. So Disney Plus just has original content and nothing else? Apple Plus. Or Apple, Apple Plus. Plus only has original content. When you go on Disney, you can watch Gargoyles. You can right. watch X-Men the Animated Series. You can watch Wonderful World of Disney. And also Disney Plus launched with like eight original shows. Right. It's like, here's Jeff Goldblum. Here's Imag- uh, the Imagineers. Um Disney Plus is really smart because last week they put Toy Story 4 on and we didn't see Toy Story 4 and I didn't pay for it on iTunes. Yeah. And then Friday night we watched it and the weakest of the Toy Stories, but it's um, one with like the plastic spoon. Yeah. With yeah. Tony Hale as a plastic spoon. Key and Peele are in it a lot. Um, Keanu Reeves is in it. Keanu Reeves is in it. Yeah. yeah. It's fun, but it's not great. Like the yeah. other three they movies. They need to stop making Toy Story movies. Yeah. The other three movies are great. And with yeah. this one, it's like, mm, we got to make another one. Right. Um, I don't know that it really says anything new about toys the way all three movies did. But like when we watched it, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Disney gets their own movies. And I guess what? I didn't pay 40 bucks to take us all to see Toy Story. Right. I didn't pay 20 bucks to buy Toy Story on iTunes. Um, but it's part of my package that I subscribe to. I was like, well, you know what, Disney, you just paid for yourself while I'm waiting for Falcon and Winter Soldier to come out. Right. And while Mandalorian's done, um, I still wish they would have the original Muppet show. Yeah. They, they own it, right? I they mean, own it. Yeah. They own the Muppets. They own the show. They never, not. they never finished the DVDs. There's a big problem with music rights because, oh, right. Because every episode of the Muppet show has like seven songs in it. Yeah. And like they're singing Beatles songs, and, yeah. <laughs> and it's frustrating because it's like it's the Muppets. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's akin to like Sesame Street. It's for kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, not the Muppet Show. Actually, the Muppet Show was a variety show for all ages. Like variety shows were big in the seventies, and it wasn't adult humor. Like it didn't it didn't do things that weren't for kids, but it was clearly an older set than Sesame street was, but it was kind of like, um, it was a stepping stone. Yeah. You do Sesame street, then you do the Muppets, then you do, I don't know what dark crystal, dark crystal and scare the hell out of everybody. Um, but I think uh, age of resistance is really good though. Yeah. They're probably going to do another one. Aren't they? I, I heard that they're doing another. I think they are. Netflix very rarely cancels something after its first season. Yeah. Uh, it, it was good. This is the most expensive puppet show ever produced. In fact, when they pitched it, they pitched it as an animated series. Oh. And Netflix said, wait, why aren't you, you're Henson? Why aren't you using puppets? And they were like, well, it's way too expensive to use with puppets. And Netflix is like, but we have all the money. Yeah, but we're Netflix. <laughs> like, we can get Mark Hamill to be a Skeksis. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. It's better than the movie in some ways. Oh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor Strange too. So yeah. the reason I had heard he walked off the set was because they moved WandaVision up, which – be to, to to get more original programming on the Disney app quicker. Okay. And if they move something up, that means things probably changed that had a domino effect. Oh. And maybe he got frustrated because whatever he had pitched is Doctor yeah, Strange it's coming out changed. Oh right, because they did this say with WandaVision that it was directly into Doctor Strange. I would yeah. I would expect him to be in an episode, if not like the last episode or something is some kind it wouldn't of like surprise cameo me. or something because it's like um you know, we we ran out of a lot of the classic Avengers, you know, with Iron Man and Captain America not being in things anymore. So it's I think they're going to want to push these other guys like Black Panther. Captain How long until we get Doctor Wonder Strange. Man? Uh, I, we were supposed to get him. Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion was going to play Simon Williams in Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy it was, 2. I, it was going to be a cameo. I think he, it was, was going to be on a movie poster that they go to. Kurt yeah. Russell was going to take. Um, and he did tweet. 
he tweeted himself in a long wig, like flying a spaceship. And yeah, that, that was it. Was that shot? He was supposed to be playing Akron. Oh. Because in the comics, Wonder Man went to that planet with the Avengers and then wrote a script based on Akron. Wonder Man and then is they so made weird. That movie. Wonder Man is so weird, and all he is He's is awesome. All he is is strong, and he has the most convoluted backstory. Yeah, he was like a guy that owned an electronics company. That, that was going under, and his brother was the was a super villain. Yes, <laughs> and then he died. But oh, Baron Zemo gave him superpowers, superpowers. Yeah. to then like he... to bail his company out. Well, yeah, he's like he's like I'll pay your back taxes <laughs> if you let me inject you with radiation, right? And then fight and kill the Avengers. Then he dies. <laughs> then he got brought back by a chicken man, <laughs> yeah. the Black Talon, and then they oh, and then. <laughs> They took his brain and put it in the vision. Yeah. Who's also the original human torch. <laughs> yeah. This is why well, Avengers I, is not my favorite. I love it. I love the Avengers. You know what? X-Men is about as convoluted as I get, and there is a drop-off point for me around like 96. Around 1996, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can't follow this anymore. I'm rereading uh, The Wedding of Scott and Jean Grey. Yeah, how, how much of a mess is that? Um, it's, it's teetering. Did you ever read The Scarlet Witch and the Visions Wedding? No. They got married at the same time that Mantis married Swordsman. It was who, a ghost of Swordsman, who was right? It was a ghost. <laughs> and they got married by Immortus. <laughs> it was a dual wedding. Well, let me ask you one question. Yeah. Did Roy Thomas write this? Um, Probably. <laughs> Roy Thomas just seemed lonely. <laughs> um, no, you know what? It might have been um, either, I, I was sum either up Roy, Roy Thomas or was Steve Englehart, I, I think. I sum up, well, Steve Englehart wrote that uh, Wanda and Vision have twins, and they're like, how did that happen? He's a robot, and they're like, oh, magic. she used her magic powers to have twins, but it turned out the twins were made out of magic, so then they disappeared, and then Master Pandemonium, yeah, he, who, is a de- who is a demon that can separate his limbs like Voltron, and he has a star hole in his stomach. For more where, demons to where come demons out. demons can fly out. At one point when, here are your babies, and he had baby hands. Baby hands. It's horrifying. And that was the, the point. I'm like, I am really not reading Avengers <laughs> anymore. Uh, that's great. That was West Coast Avengers, I think. Yeah, it was when I yeah. quit. The greatest thing in the world. This week. I think in my 35 years of comic book collecting, I have never been more grateful than I am to Comixology. Because they just keep giving me these big classic runs that I haven't read or that I want to keep uh, in the cloud for pennies an issue. Like they just keep having sales that are like, uh, for 84 cents, you can have every issue of like Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan's detective comics. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, slightly political, but um, Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan have both been on the show. They've both been good friends of ours. Uh, they both treated us very well. Uh, they, I, I support them. They, if you don't know, they created Bane. They did um, Batman for a long time. They're also Republicans. And oh, really? Yeah, they've always been conservative. Chuck Dixon definitely has that like military. Chuck Dixon like wrote GI Joe and Punisher. Like yeah. he likes that hard boiled military sure. stuff. Um, and they're not MAGA hats. But they're getting treated on social media like they are. And, um, you know, they, they basically, uh, I know Graham Nolan tweeted some stuff about um, who cares if Rush Limbaugh got the Medal of Freedom this week. Uh, there's been a lot of guys that 
a lot of weird guys that have gotten the Medal of Freedom. And um, I'm definitely on the other side of it. Yeah. Like, if if I wasn't so much of a realist, I might be a Bernie bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Not to jump around, but starting out live last night, uh, uh, Larry David was uh, Bernie Sanders again. Yeah. Which is always worth it. Yeah, he's great. And he goes, he goes, I don't know how it happened. I don't know where it happened. But somehow, I ended up the leader of an army of internet trolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, I'm pretty far left, and they're pretty far right. Uh, so, but they're not crazy. So I just I I don't know that I want to that I need to defend them or anything. But honestly, they have never said anything offensive to me. They have uh, I don't see anything they're posting online that just se- that seems crazy or conspiracy theory right. or MAGA hat. My problem with um, Trump supporters is really the um, is the hate. And the inability to see logic, yeah. Um, where they're ju- where when things happen like the acquittal this week, where they're like, oh, "Well, Nancy Pelosi's a bitch." I'm like, "That's not your argument, right?" Like your argument is he did something illegal. They let him off. Do you have a reason that that makes sense? And your your reason for making sense is not, "I hate you." I've never heard anything like that come from Chuck Dixon or Graham Nolan, yeah, ever. Um, Chuck Dixon has been on the show three times. Uh, Graham Nolan has been on the, the show once. I have talked to them on social media probably once every couple of weeks. It's one of the things I am proudest of this show uh, that people that I have been able to get on the show and talk to for a while than I have a relationship with. So I know everybody's quick to be angry, but and there's a lot of reasons to be angry right now. But uh, I guess if you could just check yourself. Yeah. When somebody says something that you don't agree with politically – just try to see what their logic is behind it. Try to see if they have logic behind it. Um, not everything that you disagree with is hateful. Yeah, I think that's something to remember is just like we, we it's a big country. There's a yeah. lot of different ideas out there. I think as long as it's, um, you know, obviously there's like the cult of personality with the MAGA idiots, but it's right, like, we're, we are at a dangerous time right now. And we yeah. need, we absolutely need to defend the things we value because everything is under attack, but there is a line, you know, it's, it's just like, I don't think these are the two dudes that people should be attacking. You right. know, it's just like, if you're conservative, that's fine. I think it's something where it's like, as long as you don't have this blind allegiance to a person that's clearly breaking the law. Yeah. You know, it's, well, it's kind of like, like... And it's like the Me Too movement. We, uh, I absolutely support the Me Too movement. I hate, I hate bullies in all forms, which is why I hate Trump. Uh, and, you know, sexual harassers are bullies. Um but there have been some times where it's swung back. There have been a couple of uh, people like uh, Al Franken, Al Franken uh, Aziz say. Ansari, Chris Hardwick, now Johnny Depp. It turns out Johnny Depp was being abused and he wasn't abusing uh, Amber Heard, the girl from She was abusing Aquaman. him? She was abusing him. Oh. She was beating him up and yelling at him. Huh. Um, there have been times where it's like, okay, not all men. Yeah. I think there are times it's like, not all all Republicans. And you know what? My greatest thing in the world was fucking Peter David X Factors. Right. Um, that was quite and, a... And I went yeah, right but, off the rails yeah, with that. Yeah, happens. Yeah. It's one of those episodes. But that that's... My greatest thing in the world is just calm the fuck down. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's something to... Uh, yeah, I'd say uh, my greatest thing would be uh, Jojo Rabbit. Really dug it. I was super impressed. And um, 
I think it's something that one of the things in the movie that kind of shocked me a little bit. Uh, it was really funny movie until it wasn't. And um, at the end of the movie, the kids like running around the town and it's like fucking bombs are going off and stuff. And I think it's important to be aware and realize that it's just like um, that was a country, you know, it's like the what's that saying? It's like the first country the Nazis invaded was Germany is right. that it's um, you, you we, we think that stuff like this can't happen again or won't happen again or something. And I think that's why this kind of movie is funny and, you know, but it's like, it's also a warning is that it's just like Scarlett Johansson's playing a German citizen who lost control of her country. And, um, I, I think it is something that people should be aware of is just like, you know, we are in unusual times and I think it's, it is important to really kind of take stock of like, where are we, what's really happening and, um, is there anything we should be doing differently? And it's just like, um, yeah, the guy didn't get impeached, you know, but it's like, there's an election coming up. So it's just like the whole, hopefully the people will, uh, will speak, you know, it's, um, yeah, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we, we try to restrain ourselves so it's much. It's kind of hard not to. We're, when... we're always like, Oh, we agree politically, but eh, let's talk about Iron Man. Um, it's, it's been really hard. We don't, we totally went, uh, yeah, and one more thing. Somebody's too, gonna come say. over and own the libs. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But the thing, we're libtards. That's uh, what we're yeah, just two. We're yeah. two libtards that like talking about superheroes. But I think the thing like. is, it's important to remember is just like people be like, um, don't put politics in your superheroes, your entertainment. It's something I've it's been like, seeing that a lot. Yeah. If if you don't realize that comics are political and have been political from the inception of comic books, then it's like you're missing the broader... You you missed it. You missed the message. If I'm you also, don't get the po- politics in Star Wars, yeah. you miss the message. I've been seeing know? that uh, about Picard, and I've been seeing that about Doctor Who lately. And it's... You're right. These have always done that. Yes, the, always. The thing is, when you looked at it as a kid, either you didn't get it, or... Uh, you were looking so far in the past because a lot of us are reading old comics and watching old shows yeah. that it was a controversy that got settled. Where right. you're just like, oh yeah, you weren't. When you see somebody talk about the right side of history, if you see somebody talking out against slavery, right, in the 1800s, you go, yeah, of course they're right, and you don't think twice about it. Right. I think it's like Captain America is a great example of the cover of the first issue he's punching hitler yeah and it's just like we weren't at war. <laughs> captain america shouldn't be political well yeah he's wearing the fucking flag on <laughs> right <it. laughs> but it's just like we weren't at war with germany when that comet came out yet right and it's just like that was a very political thing to do he's he's the lead he was the leader of another country and i think it's something where it's just like I, you're kind of just dumb, you know, if you're not picking up on this shit. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, well, if you want to tell us why we're dumb, yeah, there are ways to get do. in touch with us. I am at Not In My Book on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I do not post as much as some of our friends. <laughs> Probably should be posting more. Yeah. I don't like pictures of my own face. That's got <laughs> a lot of the nice stuff, though. Tends to shut me right down on Instagram. Pictures, um, yeah, I tend to look at uh, people with Gibson guitars all yeah. day on Instagram. Um, but I'm not on my book. You can follow me there. You can also go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash caffeinated comics, where you can see us announce things like Sam Raimi directing Dr. Strange. Oh, by the way, which we didn't even get to why that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> very do you excited. think that means Bruce Campbell is going to be in it? Yes, I do think that's it's going to be Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell is in, uh, the Wizard of Oz. There's a great story. 
um, Bruce Campbell wrote about in one of his books that was the Oz Great and Powerful, which wasn't good. That James, James Franco, Franco. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to like it, but it was so big and it was cr- went crazily over budget. And Bruce Campbell said it was much, much bigger than any of the Spider Mans. That when he went to do his cameo, he didn't see Sam. And these guys grew up together. Yeah. These guys stood in 2008. They stood next to me on a line for an open bar at a Lucasfilm party at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, just hanging out like two friends like you and me. Yeah. Like they haven't had a falling out. They're not business partners. Right. Like they're best friends. He couldn't find the director of the movie who he grew up with. Wow. And then they were going to cut his scene because they were over budget. And James Franco went to Sam Raimi and went, you can't cut a Bruce Campbell movie in a Sam Raimi movie. dude. Yeah. Like you can't cut him and he's in he's it. In, I don't even remember. So him yes, it. he'll be in Dr. Strange too. Uh, I don't even care who he is. I don't care either. And Spider-Man, he's nobody three times. <laughs> he was supposed to be Mysterio. And it was yeah. he was going to be the same guy yeah. that he'd been trolling Spider-Man for like a decade. It's a very Bruce Campbell <laughs> yeah, thing to it do. Is. Uh, um, well, how do we follow the show? You can follow the show uh, on Spotify, Stitcher, the iTunes podcast app. We are proud members of the Radio Misfits podcast network. You can follow me on the Brave Butter Pecan on Instagram. And we will talk at you next week. Yes. And uh, find us on social media. Say hi. Hashtag Libtard.